in the event that uh, Pierre Polyev gets in the next election. Do you think he has solutions? Because I know he's a great public speaker. I'm not 100% convinced that he's not just grandstanding all the time. I think there is political grandstanding for sure. I mean, it's politics. If I was his advisor, I would say, listen, you need to aim a howitzer cannon at Justin Trudeau's balls. Welcome to the Tom Story Show with Steve Karish and Tom Story, where we discuss everything real estate or whatever else is on our minds. Normally we edit that in, but it's going to be right in there now. We are live. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tom Story Show, your weekly roundup real estate podcast. We appreciate you being here. If you are listening to us on the audio platforms, I hope you're having a great day. If you have not already, Steve, you're going to pour your coffee again, right as well, my God. Um, I hope you're having a great day. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave a review on the audio platforms, uh, specifically Apple Podcasts, if you could. If you're watching on YouTube, I hope you're having a great day. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. We are approaching, kind of approaching, 3,000 subscribers on this podcast channel, which we very much appreciate you being here. Um, this continues our in-person podcast, and uh, we're very excited to have Jay Kapar join us today. Uh, Jay, man, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate it. Great uh, studio setup you got here. Yes, we call this the uh, basement dungeon. Like any good realtor, he's lying, so that's good. That's <laughs> oh, perfect. Also, um, as an official in-person guest, I don't know if anyone can see this, We'd like to give you a a sticker of the podcast. You can put it anywhere you want. There you go. Amazing. (laughs) On your forehead if you'd like. (laughs) Yeah, so just lean in a little, Jay. We try and get like about a fist away and then we should be good to go. There we go. I voted. Kind of sticker. That's the vibe. (laughs) All right. How's that? Speaking of voting, you got the right guy here to talk about voting and all things politics. So... Where should we begin with Jay Kupar? One of the most vocal politically people probably in vancouver real estate anyway canadian youtube uh real estate side of things so yeah man welcome yeah thanks a lot you guys um yeah i mean that's a divisive uh topic for sure i've had a couple of realtors that i talked to uh over coffee say you know maybe no wouldn't go there because you might eliminate some you know potential business but then i've talked to some other realtors um and marketing professionals that say hey you really got a niche you got to find your ideal client. And you got to focus in on them. So, totally. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm I'm fairly vocal about that. I feel like um, if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. So I'm just going to give my and you know not everybody's going to agree with me on you know I'm not a big proponent of David Eby or or the more socialist uh, um, governments. But um, it's it's funny that you say that though, just about like the political way you lean because like with my YouTube channel, that's why I went so hard. Like every that's why I do everything like so hard on Surrey. Because it was like, well, you could get way more business if you focus on like Vancouver. If you, I'm like, I don't work those areas. I want to find my ideal client. And what I like about what you do, sometimes divisive or whatever, is you're like, I'm going to put it out there to people that think the same way I do. And it makes a ton of sense, right? Like yeah. we don't always have to worry about... Uh, Tom's Tom's a lot more easygoing than he am. He, Tom's not out there to stir the pot, man. I'm like, give me that pot. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get that thing. I, going. I said this before, but who do you know in life in general who is wildly successful? That's not somewhat decisive. Divisive. Mm-hmm. Divisive. If is you what could I meant say, say that word right, it would have been. Uh, Steph Curry is always my answer. I, think, I feel like everyone just likes Steph Curry, but 
politics people that are really big howard yeah. stern you, you think like the the biggest people in the biggest platforms <clears throat> there is someone on each side of the argument yeah. yeah right and what i and correct me where i'm right or wrong uh here jay but your whole kind of path started at the city of vancouver so you've seen the bureaucratic mess side of it and that's maybe what has pushed you in this direction uh possibly something get a little to closer. do with it. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I don't want to throw the city of Vancouver under the bus. I mean, I had, um, I worked there for, uh, for over 10 years and I met a lot of great people, but yeah, there is a lot of, um, uh, bureaucracy, not so much on the, on the ground floor, but, um, it, you know, it, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else I can, what, I, what did you do when you experience and, and that's what did you it. do when you worked there? I did um, concrete finishing. I did okay. asphalt. We installed underground conduits. I I did a lot of uh, a lot of things. Ran a roller for a long time. But see, eventually, what I find with the public sector is, you know, it works for a lot of people. Fine, you put in your time, you punch the clock, you go home, and you you spend time with your family, and that's fine if if somebody wants to do that. But I want to make. I, I really want to build something. Um, you know, I'm hyper industrious. Um, and you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm big aspirations, yeah. right? And I'm passionate about real estate. So I would, I would tell somebody, you know, if you are in the public sector, yeah, it's great. You get a union and you get a stable income and and a pension and all that. But you know, they. I remember I always heard people would, would say, "Well, you've got job security." Right. And it was like, "Well, great," but I feel like I'm in a maximum security prison. So <laughs> mm -hmm. how is that? You know, hey, it's secure in there. You know, I'm it's actually, secure, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised, weirdly, how like risk adverse you are, Steve. Yeah, that you came into this industry because this is the opposite from everything else you seem to stand for. Uh, family full of union workers. Okay. Yeah, the whole family. Like everybody's got a government pension, city pension, that sort of thing, right? So it's, yeah. I am definitely offside. But John By, who you met virtually, yeah. uh, was like, dude, you gotta. He's the one that got you in it. He's like. You can't where you are at. You can't go to the next level, right? Like what? What's the saying? There's no in real estate. There's no ceiling. There's also no floor, right? right. So mm -hmm. that puts us in a really risky spot. So like, was it five years in you started thinking, I don't want to do this forever? Or was it in year ten you're like, just I'm out. This is happening. Like what? How did that happen? Yeah, after after about five years, I started to get kind of like I wanted to move. And then, you know, when the pandemic hit and all of that was going on, it was like, I need to get out of here. Was that when it happened? Um, That's when you made yeah, the switch? Yeah, yeah. Early on in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm happy I did. Yeah, like you say, it's super risky. I mean, we have no security whatsoever, mm -hmm. no pension, no anything, right? Um, but we've got, you know, lots of freedom, right? And that's that's what I like about this business. Yep. Totally. Um, okay, so we didn't give you a full introduction. We just kind of got right into it right away. So you work at Royal LePage Sussex, correct? Yeah. Okay, and that's an office. Like, is it close to where you live? So technically, I work out in the North Van office. Okay. Office, but um, but I, I haven't been in there for for years. I, You're I, a work from home I'm, type I'm, of guy. I'm from home. I'm yeah. on the go. Yeah. 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 And you focus on uh, kind of False Creek and and downtown Vancouver and that sort of area. I'm trying to focus the core of my business on, yeah, False Creek, Olympic Village, Yale Town, um, you know, Mount Pleasant, I think is is booming all up Main Street. That's becoming a, an entertainment district. Mm -hmm. um, we appreciate you making it all the way out to the badlands of Surrey, yeah. by the way. <laughs> well, I know, but look, I, I do do business. Um, um, my sister and brother-in-law, I got them a place in, in South Surrey, Morgan Heights area. They love mm -hmm. that area. Uh, I love that area. I think it's really nice. Um, you know, I, the reality is Kitsilano is just not... 
uh, a viable option right. for most young people now. Even even young working professionals. I mean, they make uh, they make good money, but um, what was an average house cost? I have no I have no clue of these areas. Like. Well, like a million and a half to get it into like a three bedroom townhome, like they would pr- probably be looking at at least a couple of million dollars, like to get a good, you know, good wow. product. Core of Vancouver. I mean, you can buy, you wow. Can, yeah. I mean, you can buy, um, you can buy older detached homes for that much, but they're going to be, they're usually going to be pretty rough. So I don't know what, how we stack up to Toronto prices. I, I you guys are more expensive. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because in Toronto, we feel like we're the top. Yeah. of the country in terms of well a like lot of things oakville we feel like that stuff though more expensive than toronto itself yeah of course it is but but oakville houses are so way of course it is like i have any idea oakville is more expensive on average than than toronto yeah but the lots and the house sizes oh, okay. are way bigger so if you did a like cost per what you're actually getting <laughs> toronto is probably still more expensive i've heard um maybe you can clarify on this but i've heard that um uh you know, Vancouver, our single family homes are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Our condos are very, very expensive. In Toronto, my understanding is that single family is, is very expensive, but condos, not so much. Is that the case or are condos on fire? I mean, we do a lot of a lot of condo stuff. It depends. Like if you looked at, at the city of Toronto and said, what's the average price of a condo? It is in the 700s. Uh, as so what can right you get now? a one bedroom for? In well, Toronto? you're buying per square foot, right? So um, let, let's say you go to a building that's 15 to 20 years old, an established condo building with parking, 650 square feet, one plus den, 650. You're mm. paying $650,000. Okay. Newer stuff, you're paying 11, 1200 bucks a square foot. And then this new construction craziness, which I've been yelling about for the last five years saying it doesn't make any sense. You're paying like seventeen, eight. There's some stuff going yeah. for two thousand. That's right? Jay's whole thing. None of this makes sense. Yeah. And then you get to fight with the trolls nonstop about how it makes no <laughs> sense. And you're like, hey man, it doesn't need to make sense. Welcome to uh, yeah. uh international city. Yeah. I would say, um I would say based on what you told me, we probably have the edge a little bit in terms of higher prices. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um you can you can get a good, you know, twelve hundred square foot's gonna get you a, a 12 year old building in, in false Creek or Yale town. Um, the new product is yeah. 1800, uh, into the 2000 range. I know the butterfly building, um, which is a super, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a super luxury build. Yeah. They got units in there over 3000 a square foot. And same with, um, there's a few that are, that are coming up here that are going to be, it's a little warm. I'm just going to crack the window. Keep going guys. Um, yeah, go ahead. I got a question for you because I've started to see this in Toronto. So we've got our, our regular condo sales, resale condos. It's pretty straightforward, but then we have a, a mix of like these hotel residence buildings, right? Mm. So we've got the St. Regis, uh, the Shangri-La, uh, the Ritz Carlton, where half of it's a hotel and half of it's a condo you guys had it was called the trump it's called something different now i don't know what the name is that starts with a p i think um i had lunch with a client of mine who jumps around but lives in toronto vancouver and he bought new construction in when it was the trump and he said he he kept his unit he kept it he rented it out he's getting 2800 bucks a month for it if you were to sell it right now he's thinking like i don't know just under a million but five years ago, another guy that bought it off the plans when it closed, sold it right away and sold it for more than he thinks he could sell it for today. Mm-hmm. So is there a huge risk in buying these hotel residence buildings versus regular condos? Like, is the pre- I don't see the appreciation being there. What the hell? Uh, I'm from Surrey. What's a hotel <laughs> residence building? You guys have some in Vancouver. We've got a few. Yeah. 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 What, uh, I, what is it? It's right, a building that, that you can buy a condo in. Yeah. 
um, but you're buying the brand, right? So like we have the Shangri-La, the Ritz-Carlton, yeah. you know, the Four Seasons private residence, um, but it's also a hotel. Okay. And banks don't like financing them mm-hmm. as much because there's a whole lot of other stuff. Anyways, okay. I was just asking oh, I just never... on, a, on a condo investment side of things, because I, I didn't know this until like literally last week I was having this conversation. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? It's worth the same as it was worth five years ago, where I bet if you bought a typical condo, it's worth a lot more than it was five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, honestly, I don't think I could answer that okay. question. I, I know some friends of my parents are in the Shangri-La and that building is appreciated quite a lot. Okay. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned though the pre-sale and the crazy prices. I want to kind of get back to yeah. that. Um, I find that people are, um, they're always asking me about pre-sale. Jay, can you get me into a pre-sale? And, um, you know, I can, um, and there is good value in pre-sale if it's the right builder sure. and the right developer. But I find more and more, why don't you look at something that's already tangible in the ground? You don't have the GST. Mm-hmm. Um and the, the other issue that I have with this is really the prime properties in Vancouver, downtown Vancouver, you could probably apply this to uh, Toronto as well. These were developed decades ago. Mm. So what I'm starting to see is this, these pre-sales on kind of second and third tier locations. I'm also noticing they're getting very small. I looked at one the other yeah. day on Canby, not the best location. The bedrooms are tiny. They're like closets mm-hmm. because they're trying to build and market these at a price people can afford. So you've got, um, you know, I had one from um, a development in Brentwood the other day. Uh, a developer emailed it to me. It was a two bedroom plus den in 840 square feet. Mm-hmm. They're I mean, smaller than that here. That's yeah. getting crazy, right? Yeah. Wait, yeah. that's small? Yeah. We're getting, we, oh my God, well, you come come to Toronto. The wave, we want to say the wave at one point when they marketed were 750 square foot, two bed and den. Yeah, that's insane. And you had to pay. Dude, at, we have 600 square foot, two bedrooms in Toronto. That's crazy. That's but, insane. But hey, this is the best part. This is the first time I've ever saw this. You had to pay extra to get closets. So like the the wasn't eight- closets like a legal thing to call it a bedroom? <laughs> you would think, right? Well, so used to be windows too, but yeah, now it's natural. It's, have, na- it's, it's natural light. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a fine line, but like you had to pay extra. So the the bedroom was like eight by eight, and then if you wanted a closet, how how deep is this old closet of mine right here? Right, it's two and a half feet. So you're getting like a single bed next to it, it's on and right. you had to pay extra to get closets put in. So in downtown Vancouver, what would a pre-sale costs versus resale right now like what's that gap in value it's quite a bit more it's not like the old days where you were actually getting a discount off something that's tangible right you're paying a substantial premium and then you've got to add insult to injury the gst Mm -hmm. i'm not saying i'm against pre-sale i've sold pre-sale i bought and sold you know but um i would just encourage people to make sure they look into all their options first because you can get what what are we saving we're probably better part of 20 percent here Oh, mm-hmm. we're like, it's like a 30% premium mm-hmm. to buy new construction in Toronto. So versus what's the attraction? <laughs> the attraction is, I'll tell you, because I have these conversations so have all the time that. with people. First of all, pre-sale developers do a wonderful job at marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And people think if I get in early, I get a deal. They don't know it's 30% more expensive than resale until they're educated and, and hopefully they're talking to someone. And I know they think I walk into the developer without my realtor. I get a better deal if I do that. Guess who the person standing there is working for? They're working for the developer and they're not going to tell you any of these things. That's why not to be like so realtor focused here. But yeah, we've helped people save a lot of money on getting their development fees capped. And the biggest thing, 
they don't want to deal with the mortgage right now. Yeah. yeah. So that, we, that's it. Yeah. That seems to be it. That's worth 20% to some people. Hey, it's in five years. We did one. Whatever. We yeah. actually firmed up on one yesterday and we don't do a lot of pre-sales at all. We'll do two a year maybe. And we firmed up on one yesterday for a client and that was actually their motivation. Their motivation was, listen, I've got most of the way to the down payment now. This thing is three or four years away eaten on my saving schedule no problem this is going to help me get into what i want then and they actually bought in a what i think is going to be a prime location in five years right right next mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the sky train that's coming in hopefully if we ever get it all right so i do see the advantage but i was shocked at how small they were i was really shocked at how small they were but that's the f- that's the future of the housing that's what's being built and people are buying it i guess if people start buying it they wouldn't build it anymore so someone's buying it Do you, I don't know, I've walked into a few plans lately. Like I had a guy last year that um, he didn't buy with us, but he wanted to flip it and get out of it after completion. And when he walked in, he was like, wow, this layout looked beautiful on on the blue Of course it does, yeah. But when we walked in, like literally there was one, the second bedroom was like six and a half by seven. And it was like, you can't, you couldn't put a single bed in and open the closet. Yeah. It was, it was rough. Well, this is why I tell people, like, if you can get a one-bedroom, 600-something square feet in Yelltown, in False Creek, um, you know, some maybe it's 10 or 12 years old. That They seem to think that that's expensive. Um, it's not. Like, it's not. The, the, the new one-bedrooms I've been telling people about, um, there's a development, I'm not going to say the name, um, beautiful building, fantastic developer, but they want... Um, uh, $800,000 for a small studio without parking. The one bedrooms are now going for $1.3, $1.4 million. And are they so, selling? There's a few of them still out there, but okay. I mean, it's mostly, people are buying them. Yeah, wow. they are buying them. It just, it's just wild to me. Like I, 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 I would assume that the people making those purchases are either thinking long, long term, they have so much money, they don't care. They just really want this building, this area. They're buying for their kids. But I can't, I don't understand, like, if you're looking at this, and please let us know in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, like, why would you pay that 30% premium? Is it, is it truly just because you don't have to worry about the mortgage for a while? Or your kid sure, is, green, your kid's 15? Green Bean's going to let us know for sure down there why, what's yeah. going on in the comments. <laughs> because it's a pre-sale thing. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I wouldn't do it. Here's the reason I wouldn't go, I wouldn't look at new construction or pre-construction. It's just personally, uh, I want to be able to touch and feel what yeah. I'm dealing with. And I have many friends that bought in 05, 06, 07, closed in 08, mm. and then were underwater for eight to 10 years. Well, that's what's happening. If you bought in 2020, 2021, 2022, and you're closing the next now to the next year and a half, mm-hmm. it's going to be worth less than you paid for new construction in <clears throat> Toronto, at least. I can't make that statement for all mm. of Canada. I'm not sure about here. But yeah, like I, we've had tons of calls. Last six, six months, the calls that we get on people trying to assign their condos, I'm like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I can try to do it for you, but the only way you sell is for a loss right now. Yeah, and the other thing I would mention here is don't be selling assignments if you can avoid it. Make sure that you have the financing, Agreed. close on the damn Agreed. thing, and then sell it as completed product if you're going to do that. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the issue that I have is when people buy essentially a speculative piece of paper and they want to flip it in six months or a year for a profit. I always tell people just don't do it, you know, have a, mm-hmm. have a long-term horizon and, um, and just don't be stupid. Right. That's you know what I've noticed too, is some of those people that I have those conversations with where it's very short term, I'm going to do this to get this and this return. I'm like, okay, 
Like, I, I don't think you should. And I've seen that I don't, I tell them that they go to someone else. They won't be stopped. They do it. Yeah. Whether I'm willing to help them or not, they do it because I find out later. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. You can try your best to try to educate people, but. It's funny because we get blamed for, oh yeah, you guys are pumping. And I'm sure there's going to be 10 comments down in this podcast that'll say you're pumpers or whatever. But I was actually just um, reviewing something with a client of mine that made a move. Um, I actually recall the meeting of where my advice was, don't make this move. Honestly, I know I'm going to get a sale. I'm going to get a buy. I don't think you should make this move. They took that information. Um, they came back to me about three weeks later and said, we're going to make the move. I said, okay, I'm not here to tell you. It's a fine line though, right? Or wrong, right? So that's fine. And then, so they made the move really happy. Uh, I think it was generally a good move for them outside of maybe not always in the finances. Sure. And then I was looking back through my phone and I know, uh, just knowing their situation and the you know, variable rate and all these things that we've been going through. And I actually scrolled back and I think it was like August 2nd or something last year. There's my text message to them. Hey guys, rates, you might want to think about locking in. Like you might want to do something here again. It's gone all so, but they have made those decisions. Right. And I was just, I'm just sitting there going guys, like, there's a lot of real estate agents telling you to don't make that move. Uh, maybe you should lock in Tom's story when I tell you to lock in. It's too late. He, he, he won't lock in. Right, right? in the so, wave. <laughs> no matter what. But <laughs> there, there's not enough credit for And now I'm just sitting there going like, I know they're probably going to be in a really tough spot right now because that variable is going to be almost double the payment it was. But again, are you not now. just assuming that? Maybe they can make the payments and their life's totally fine. Yeah, I haven't really had a tough... You know? tough conversation with them about it. I just, I know that it's not, I'm, I'm just doing the math on the payments in my head. I'm like, I'm concerned. And yeah. it's like, but I've also, I can't live their life for them. Can't yeah. live your life for anybody. You can and only, you can only advise them to the best of your abilities, but I've, I've run into similar situations and I just find people don't realize how hard it is to get a mortgage in Canada. I don't know who they're listening to that the banks are handing up mortgages like cupcakes, but they make X amount of money. Hey, I should be able to buy that home that I want. They don't realize how, like I, I will even send them a chart from my broker, the qualification table, and it's alarming if yeah. you look at how much you you qualify for. I mean, I don't even qualify for that much. If I, you know, if I hadn't bought my place 12 years ago, yeah. I'd be, we'd be making this podcast. It would be a Chilliwack real estate podcast. But that's a, a that's a know. funny thing where we go, okay, well, can you afford your own house? And it's like, but what does that mean? Because am I coming with 20% down and doing the maximum? You point out in your videos all the time, who's buying something with 20% down? Not in Vancouver, you're 50, 60, 70% down mm -hmm. when you're coming into these places. It's not like you're uh, scraping by to get into the west side of Vancouver. You're, if anything- We're talking about lux luxury, right? Anything, anything. When I have a buyer right now, like my first time buyers are generally 10 to 20% down. Anybody buying a house, a detached house in Surrey is 50% down at least. Yeah. So it's not what people want to make it out to be, to be this, oh, that, that person's, you have to make $250,000 a year household income. Your payment's going to be $7,500 a month. Those are great clickbait articles, but they're stupid. 
because yeah. no one's buying that house as their first property. So why do we all? Fo- is that just that's just clickbait and media? Yeah, that's just media. That's I just guess, it's a yeah. good job by the journalists, and they and it, and we're talking about it. Like, yeah, and that's why you see things like. Um, you know, the debt to income ratios don't yep. line up. Well, of course they don't line up because it's all based on equity and people climbing the ladder over years and years. A lot of it's intergenerational. Um, you know, it's, um, there's a lot of money out there. Well, that, that recent report by Royal Page was like 35% of first-time home buyers are getting help in a lump sum mm-hmm. for, but then the big one, which we talked about with Danielle was that 25% of first-time home buyers are also getting help on the mortgage payments. Mm. Which so is mind blowing to me. I've never seen it. Well, I guess I wouldn't. You see wouldn't it, see it. You're not. You're not having those conversations. Nobody's going to phone me and be like, "Hey, my mom's sending me a thousand bucks a month to cover my stuff." They're just not going to do that. I would assume. Well, if you're uh, watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comments if your parents are helping with your payments, or just email us if you want to stay anonymous. And it would just be interesting data for us to actually know. I would love to know if somebody's actually know. doing it. Yeah, but on the clickbait, like one of those, um, uh, a great example of of clickbait that I see all the time. Is your videos? No. <laughs> yeah, well, I do clickbait. I want them to click on it, but then I basically do the whole video about why it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, that's a, so, yeah, so same. Uh, lost my train of thought here. Um, okay, highest debt in the G7. There was an article about that a sure. few weeks ago. Canada has the highest debt in the G7, and everybody gra- latches onto that. Oh my god, you know. But if you actually read the report um, from the Bank of Canada, we have some of the highest rates of home ownership in the G7. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, you know, it's mostly mortgage debt finance over 25 years. It's not high interest mm-hmm. credit card debt, uh, you know, price to income. We owe 180%. So, you know, um, you know, for I make a hundred grand a year, let's say hypothetically, I owe 180 on my mortgage. Am I in trouble? It, it's, it's ridiculous. I, ha- I hate that stat. Yeah. That you, stat of like, I, yeah, there it's like to X amount times household income. It's like, but, but that debt is not to be paid out over one year right yeah right so you owe two times your income it's like you owe five times your income who cares you're paying Mm -hmm. that thing down over 25 years i would assume so is it a big it's a big stupid scary yeah thing and unfortunately i mean um what i hate to see is for somebody just getting started to say oh gee i was gonna buy my first condo but you know what i heard that we have high debt levels and the market's in a bubble so i'm just gonna wait and i'm telling them like you guys are crazy you're crazy. You're renting in these cities, Vancouver, Toronto, so expensive. Um, Surrey, it's 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 just it's financial suicide. It really is. What made you so on the other side of the pendulum of bullish on real estate? Like like going all in and being and and I I think because because of it, I think that's why your YouTube channel has done so well, actually, because some people will kind of hide behind and pretend they're one thing and then do the other thing you're clear on exactly what you are have you always felt that way through your career before real estate as well and now you're just showing that because you're on video well yeah and by mean, the way I, always- I hate when people say bullish and bear I, ha- I hate it like it just it feel like people take their identities to it so i'm not right, saying that right. but i'm saying in general like you're more straightforward with your opinions than a lot of people are and i think it's good i think we need both sides yeah, I mean, I, I just like to call a spade a spade here, right? Um, real estate values in the in these cities is in the long run, it's only going to go up. It's not going down. It's going. You're going up a big mountain. Yeah, you're going to get blips and dips along the way. Sure. But anyone, anyone who seriously believes that you're going to have a market meltdown and the values are going to go down eighty percent, they're just. I mean, I don't know anybody in our industry or any economists who would who would uh, suggest that. It's just it's just so far detached from the reality of the situation. 
Um, you know, we live in one of the best places on the planet, one of the best countries on earth. Um, and people keep coming here. I, you know, Trudeau's going to be bringing in 500,000 new immigrants um, each and every year starting in 2025. So they keep ratcheting up immigration. Um, I get a lot of people on here saying, you know, why don't we just ban everybody from coming to Canada? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. No. Um, you know, we've got a, a aging baby boomer demographic here that uh, pension, unfunded pension liabilities. So we need more workers to come into the country. The only way that we we need to get serious, serious about building more homes, and we are so far behind the eight ball. I have nothing to sell anybody right now. Isn't it crazy mm. how it's just like it's the it's been the same theme with everybody we've been speaking to, and obviously, I mean, we're all in the real estate industry, so it's all just we need more, we need more. But it's just the pressure of like we need more. If you're going to bring in that many people. We need more. And what I'm interested to do is find out more about your thoughts on maybe at the federal level or the provincial level or even the city, uh, city of Vancouver, where you are. How about these policies? You mentioned, like, for instance, right now, uh, the liberal government, what were we at? 260,000 people pre-pandemic, let's say, maybe 300. And now we're at almost 500 PRs plus uh, foreign workers, everybody else. What about these policies are you seeing? Because that's what you talk about so often, right? Is uh, the current government not being the solution? Maybe some ideas that the Conservative Party, I know which you are openly backing at every opportunity. Um, what are some solutions that are there or problems? Um, <clears throat> so first of all, everything that we've done so far has been attacking the demand side. All levels of government, federal, provincial, municipal, let's quash the demand, let's tax people to death, let's bring in a speculation tax, the greedy speculators are driving up the market. Well, that's that's BS, right? Uh, in fact, speculators, if, if you want to speculate, which I don't think you should be a speculator, but assuming you are, um, you know, we should be wel- welcoming speculators with open arms because they're financing new construction mm-hmm. in a heavily constrained market. We need investors. We need speculators. That's that's a healthy part of a free market uh, enterprise system. So, you know, foreign buyers tax, you know, now they've got a foreign buyers ban. I've been telling people from the very beginning, it's not going to make any difference. Um, we just, we need to get building. I think, um, uh, they need to remove a lot of the red tape at City Hall and streamline the permitting process. My understanding is that our new mayor um, has had some success with that. We'll see. Uh, but that's that's one of the main things that needs to happen. The NDP needs to get out of the way. I, I have zero confidence in David Eby. Um, you know, they, you know, make these announcements. It's all pandering to their political base. That's all it is. He's not going to do anything. Um, and then... At the federal level, Trudeau, um, I, you know, I don't even know where to start with this guy, um, but they're causing huge, huge problems. We need a conservative government, um, business-friendly environment. Um, you know, Polyev wants, uh, is talking about um, um, basically withholding federal uh, infrastructure money from cities and municipalities that don't meet these predefined housing targets. Hmm. That's the kind of thing that that has to happen. Barring that, it's just going to continue to go insane. I think David Eby is basically doing the same thing, right? Like you got to hit your targets from the city. And if you don't, we're going to hurt you in some way. The question is, what is the hurt?
This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by none other than my co-host, Steve Karish and Karish Real Properties. Look at that. He's got a mug he can give you if you reach out to him. <laughs> um, you know, in all seriousness, you know, I, ma I make jokes with Steve all the time on the show and we, and we have a lot of banter. But the reality is, if you are someone looking to buy in Surrey or the surrounding areas, this is the guy you have to talk to. He understands what's happening. He has well over a decade in the industry, even though he still looks kind of young. Not that young, but kind of young. His team is amazing. They are experts and whether you are buying tomorrow or you are buying in two years from now, what I know is that it's a no pressure operation, right? They're going to give you the information you need. And when you're ready, they will be there with you and take you to the finish line. They're going to roll out the red carpet for you. And Steve knows what he's doing. And if I personally was buying a property there, this is the only person that I would trust to call. He's someone I've also sent my clients as well. So if you want to connect with Steve and his team in Surrey and the surrounding areas, you can go into the first link in the description. And Steve, what do they do when they get to that link? Well, you can book a call with me using that link in the description at a time that works best for you. It's really simple. You just pick the time, enter in your phone number, email address. I'll give you a call at the time. And uh, yeah, we'll see how we can help you out. We also know that a lot of real estate agents listen to this show as well. So if you have clients that are moving out to Steve's direction, make sure to reach out to him as well to see if he can help them throughout their journey. I know they will roll out the red carpet for your clients as well. Okay, Tom, there's only one thing you I want you to clarify. Mm -hmm. First of all, how do you say it? It's the... Fraser, like Razor Valley. Fraser Valley. So if you are in North Delta, Surrey, Langley, Abbotsford, White Rock, or Mission, give me a call. But Tom, mm. this communication is not intended to cause or induce breach of any agency agreement. Existing agency agreement. I almost had it. Right. Yeah. And that's maybe one policy that I might agree with David E. Beyond, but that's, that's one of very, I don't just, I don't agree with him on a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you, you're not for all my Ontario listeners, <laughs> give me an update. When when did he go in? So here's the here's the issue I have with the way the current government is. Um, and I am not someone who votes down party lines all the time. I don't cheer for my party like a hockey team, right? Um, we currently have someone in power at the premier level who, uh, first of all, was not elected, in my opinion. Uh, the party was. Uh, mm. John Horgan stepped down. And then he was appointed after John Horgan stepped down. So okay. you've got somebody today I don't think I would vote for, uh, as a, even though we don't vote for the leader of the party, whatever. Sure. Um, so that's tough. It's a very socialist. His philosophy is very socialist. His philosophy is to protect the renter. Uh, I'm assuming I I'm assuming he bikes to work every day. Right. Like that's <laughs> what I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's uh, you know packing his suit or whatever mm -hmm. in the, in and using the bike lanes. Um, I just don't, I don't, the, the weird thing about what he's doing is he's doing things to drive up prices yeah, and to not support homeowners. So he's made it very clear that it is a, the renters take priority, right? Just like the buyers take priority for the sellers. But is it renters take priority to help them get into the home ownership market or no. they just stay where just they are and, just and nothing overheads. changes? Okay. Roofs overheads. That's okay. it. So that's right. different. In my estimation, it feels like he's taking a position of, well, you're never going to own, so yeah, we better exactly. figure it out, right? And maybe that actually might be true because as we age into uh, a more uh, mature society like parts of Europe or whatever, there is renter economies everywhere. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's for... Uh, 
he's foreseeing what is to come and he's helping provide for that. There's an argument for that. Sure. Um, I am not of the mindset that you should take away property ownership rights and things like that. So that's my big issue Yeah. on his side of things. Do you understand though, from his perspective, why they're doing what they're doing? Like, do you understand, like if you were him and you yes. thought differently, do you, do you get votes, why? Right. Votes and, and renters yeah. and renters think that they're protected uh, more than a more conservative government that might be in power. But what I'm seeing, and I'd be interested to know what you guys are seeing in your markets, um, you can only raise the rents by, what is it, 1.5%, 2% yeah. a year. Uh, after This after a two-year rent freeze during COVID. Inflation, taxes, strata, insurance, all of these things have gone sky high. An investor can't, in a lot of cases, offset their increased costs. Okay, but they can't raise the rent. So what are they going to do? In a lot of cases, they're going to go and they're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. The own the buyer is not interested in taking on that tenant because they're paying rents from 2011. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're going to be selling it to somebody buying as a principal residence, subject to vacant possession. That tenant's got to be out of there. So what you're doing is you're actually you're biting the hand that feeds you. I know people; these people don't like landlords and the, the greedy landlords and that. Um, but they are providing the majority of the housing stock here. And if you go to war with landlords, uh, you're going to cause big problems. And that's what's happening here. I see a ton of tenanted properties. People are getting, getting evicted. And, and, uh, what is, so, so let, let's say you're, you're someone renting right now and you don't believe in the next 10 years, you're ever going to be able to get into home ownership. Right. So I can understand that if you're in that position, you might look at what he's doing and saying, great. Yeah. This is because everyone votes for what's best for them, right? Which of course I don't blame them. I guess it, this is a very difficult question, but like, what would be the alternative for what? They, I'm just taking the other side here because yeah, I got no, no I, I got nothing in this game here. What's going on over here? Yeah. But what's the other side? What could be done that makes it better? You get what I'm trying to say? If you eliminate rent controls completely. So in other words, I'm the landlord. I take full. Explain that of the to property. me as a renter who's not going to buy for the next ten years and doesn't want my because because the, so, then you can so, understand, right? So um, if I can raise the rent, whether it's two percent, ten percent, let's just assume that the owner has the the rights to to do that. What you would have then is you would have more investors coming into the market. The, the idea is that I that we need to get more product built. Again, business friendly environment, more investors. You would uh, it would open up rental units. So. Anybody doesn't doesn't believe that? Look at what they did in Seattle. They have uh, what they call it the Seattle solution. Um, they just went on a massive building boom. They got rid of all the red tape, all the regulation. Guess what? Landlords now started offering free Wi-Fi, hmm. free one month rent because now it 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 changes the market dynamic. Now you're not in a in a sub one percent vacancy rate. You're at a three or four percent vacancy rate. So what that's done is it's actually caused prices to moderate. And now it's not going to be cheap in Seattle. It's never going to be cheap, but it did, it did moderate uh, the rents. Stopped it from going up yeah. as fast as it, as it yeah. previously was. And I was. think that's kind of all you can do. I don't think you can't stop rents from going up. Yeah. Right? I, you just can't. Yeah. I don't think you can unless you have uh, a ton of supply. Um, but I almost view it like when I think about things like increasing minimum wage, right? government spending um things like for instance the liberal government right now when they give things like baby checks right to families there are a lot of people that will vote for that baby check of course so but let's let's 
go think all the way through it. So you vote for the baby check, you get 500 bucks a month back in your pocket. Great. When you look at the overall taxation at the end of the year, you're down 750 bucks and they don't realize how, like for instance, the breakdown of the new, what is it? Clean fuel tax. That's going to add 54 cents a liter in the next six years. The breakdown of that is they said in Alberta, it's going to be $3,500 a household after tax money out the door. <laughs> so you're going to vote for $500 a month, right? And everybody's going to be out $3,500 a year. It just more government spending and raising the bottom doesn't just make it better for everybody. In fact, it hurts the people at the bottom because it's, <clears throat> it's putting you into a situation where the cost of living is rising for everybody, but I can afford that. And you can afford that, but those people can't. So I think these policies that come in, for instance, um, when you're bringing in anything to uh, deter landlords, as what you're saying, it's actually going to hurt because I mm -hmm. was in the scenario like you were a nice landlord before. I was in the spot where I was like, I'm not going to raise the rent. I'm not going to raise the rent. Now I can only do 2%. So, you have so to. you're going to do so it I every have year. To. Yeah. yeah. I never, the this last year, I'm not going to, this is my first admitting to you ever because I'm a little bit of a hypocrite here. This is last year is the first time I ever increased rent on a tenant, huh. but I had to. Right. Because if I don't Yay. in four years from now, I'm hooped and I don't have the ability. So we used to have increase of 2% plus inflation. Yeah. So that this year, that's been out the window now that they, they went zero <laughs> well, percent, and now they're just 2%. Yeah. Right. So where's that number coming from that 2%? How did they come up with I, that? I think they. I, I think what they were doing was they're right. using the inflation rate plus two uh, percent. That's my understanding yeah. of how it used to work. That's how what it was before, um, which is reasonable, really. I, I think. And now they just go as little as possible. No, it's just it's two percent. And if it, it would have been zero for another year in a row, there would have been a problem, mm. right? Because it went to zero, then I went. I went to one point five, then it went to two this year. And so, what we should be focusing on here, in my opinion, is every time a landlord buys a property and rents it out, they're actually subsidizing renters yeah because to own that property let's say it's thirty five hundred dollars a month and the renters negative cash flow? and the yeah. renters paying twenty five hundred yeah so we should be very happy right in theory but again just to take the other side the renter doesn't care they just want a place to rent they don't care that you're subsidizing them yeah they don't care that's what i'm saying yeah. like no for them what, what eventually they? they will care right when they sure. get an eviction notice but if there were the no issue. if there were no rentals here Sure, we would have more affordable homes to buy, and all the her the people that needed rentals the most that never have a chance to buy, they're the most screwed, right? So we would literally have people, I don't know, living on the streets. Although in Vancouver lately, that seems to be a pretty cool trend, right? <laughs> like they're, Wait, what do you yeah. mean by that? Well, there's the, I mean, Jay comments on this quite a bit on his channel, the homelessness and everything. Actually, one of the, um. I, I want to say in my heart, I love that you said this <clears throat> and it just has to do with policy and around the city and that sort of thing. And I know you said it in jest, uh, but the more I think about it, maybe not was where you were talking about like that new vacancy tax that's coming out might be the lack of two tents in your backyard. Right. <laughs> and then I'm sitting here going, have you been to Strathcona? Uh, maybe. I mean, I could see it going down that way. Now, luckily you got a new mayor. Yeah. And there's not really hopefully going to be that that issue. Uh, I think they're turning it around. Do you think they're turning it around? I think after, uh, have you guys seen Vancouver is dying? Yes. 
I think after that came out, I think that opened a lot of eyes for a lot yeah, of people. Canada is dying is good too. Did you see yeah, that? The, the follow up, it, yeah, no. yeah. Aaron Gunn, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I think it's they've cleaned up. They've gone in there and, and cleaned up. The You're downtown down there, side. so you know I haven't been um, down there to, to the downtown east side. Well, like uh, in, in Vancouver in general, I, I'm closed geographically. Steve but I don't, rarely leaves this room. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, but like, so I took my kids downtown. Uh, they were doing a, an event downtown. We got over the, this wasn't even the bad part of town. We got over the Granville Street Bridge. And my, I think it was my niece and my daughter in the backseat. And my niece goes, uh, Uncle Steve, why does that guy have such a bad back? Oh, and he brutal. was hunched over. Yeah. Like he was, you know, so you have such a, addiction issues. And that's the next thing. So you've got this crazy, um, what I can't tolerate right now about the housing policy that's going on is we've got real real issues and no matter if you're if you're on the conservative side of things which you are or if you're on the socialist side of things what's going on down there is unacceptable yeah right so you either have to house those people completely or you have to remove the tents and tell them to figure it out whichever side you're on whatever but just the state that it's in was unacceptable like i don't know if you've been down there tom no i haven't like since and it got real bad. And it's still year. unacceptable. We should make that point as well. It's it's better that you now you can actually walk down the sidewalks. It's not completely impeded by tents, but there's still a lot of transient activity down there. The businesses are all closed down. It's it's still pretty. That's ugly. what we're starting to see, like West Coast stuff, right? Like all the business, the big businesses in San Jose and and uh, San Francisco and stuff, they're all shutting down shop because it's just not safe. Mm-hmm. to be there right i think that's a different that's outside of our scope of this because i think that's got a lot more to do with addiction than well the I, price and, of and i think we need to make that distinction when we talk about the housing crisis and the opioid and addiction crisis they're kind of two different things people say well houses are so expensive so they have no choice but to live in the street on a tent well that's not really the case yeah. okay if you if you can't afford vancouver you're going to rent a place in in langley or wherever you're going to make it happen or or leave the lower mainland that's what's going to happen um so the, the 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 housing situation is one angle, but really it comes down to this this uh, mental health and opioid epidemic. And mm-hmm. you need full wraparound services. You need some kind of addiction treatment. And uh, um, what we're doing right now is not acceptable. We're so. gonna take you down there tomorrow, and we'll okay. yeah, we'll that would be great because yeah. it's. I mean, I know it's been better. Have you talked to these people ever? Have you gone up and talked to them and asked them? Not a chance, man it's okay you're worried about your safety 100 percent. okay yeah, i honestly don't know safety. so okay no 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 so you no, can't like go up and be like hey i'm curious like how'd you get here what's you know, going on in so, your life it's so strange because we went to this restaurant downtown called pigeon it's okay. across from pigeon park pigeon park's notoriously the worst spot okay um and we wanted walked in there and like our meal what by the time i finished i, I was first i was still hungry um didn't take much when i went there <laughs> 6 months ago when i was two, or when i was uh, 50 pounds heavier but i was still hungry and then i was offended at how much they charged me i was offended it's like this is not acceptable and then l- walking in and out i literally had to step over someone sleeping in the doorway and it's just such a weird spot that i think vancouver has found itself in i'm glad it's getting better it sounds like it's getting better um what are they doing to make it better they are cleaning it up uh, okay yeah. so yeah right. so it's on that side of them they're making it better by telling people to leave <clears throat> they they're calling it the sweep or whatever right okay um you know because the argument is is it okay to have those people there uh do they have a right to be there sure um i think as i said i think it's a it's a really tough 
thing because no matter if you're on the pull yourself up by your bootstrap side of it or if you're on the we need to help these people side of it either way them sleeping outside uh is unacceptable right something has to be done i don't know what it is man i i, I still i've said this before when we when we interview uh politicians and i, I just ask like why why did you go into this line of work? <laughs> you must be so passionate about what you do because you, even David Eby, who I have no idea, I've heard his name brought up, yeah. I understand. I'm sure he wakes up every morning and truly thinks he is doing the right thing yeah. and, and, and stands behind it. There's lots of people on the conservative side that do the exact same thing and whatever they do, all these people are going to crap on them regardless. And that's just got to be such a tough, like such a tough gig. Well, we going get into that politics. In the, we get that in the real estate, but not industry to the same. Well, right? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. On YouTube, we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's gotta be tough. What do you think? In the event that uh, Pierre Polyev gets in the next election, whenever that is, fifteen years from now, when the coalition ends, um, if that were to happen, do you think he has solutions? Because I'm not convinced. I know he's a great public speaker. I'm not 100 percent convinced that he's not just grandstanding all the time. I think there is political grandstanding for sure. I mean, it's politics. If I was his advisor right now, I would say, listen, you need to aim a howitzer cannon at Justin Trudeau's balls. You know, yeah. we need to, you need to go on there and say, we're Canada's broken I think he's and effectively we need to burn it all that. down. Yeah, right? Absolutely. So, so part of it, yeah, it's populism. Uh, let's fire the bank of Canada. I mean, that's kind of not really realistic. Sure. Um, but I, I do think he has, and I don't agree with everything the guy has to say, but I, I think he would put the country on a much better track than Trudeau. I do I do think that he has some solutions, and I think housing would be a lot better. It's not going back to, you know, he did one video where he stands outside of this detached house in Kitsilano, and he says, remember when a truck driver and a cocktail waitress could buy a nice single-family home on two... I mean, that's not going to happen. Those days are over, people. It's not coming back. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I do think that, that he has some solutions that are going to move it in a positive direction. I always think it's interesting when you see the, the post that goes semi-viral where it's like what $1 million gets you across the world mm -hmm. and it shows like you know, a shack in Vancouver and something. It's like, but obviously it has nothing to do with the house. It's because it's on a lot that's 50 by something. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's the value of the land, but that's never going to trend well on well, social I, media. I've got a listing right now on, on 1511 Barclay. Uh, beautiful old house, um, but it's a hundred years old. It's sure. it's basically a teardown now, and but the location's beautiful. Like they call those tree nice lined streets. And, <laughs> That's just a yeah. regular house in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, cherry, cherry blossoms and it just phenomenal. Um, but uh, you know we got it listed, you know, to three point three mil. But of course, it's wow. not that the house the house isn't worth anything. It's worth maybe eighty grand. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's the fact that it's, it's a prime lot. location in the West End. You can see there's luxury towers. You can see the Kengo Kuma you know, that super luxury building, like right across the street. So. so could you add to the marketing for that property that, Hey guys, in September, or October, we're up zoning. Everything's going to four units. You got to buy this now before this lot price goes up. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's RM5. So you can do a lot. They actually have a plan for a really cool, uh, single family home, but it's ultra modern. It's got a rooftop garden. Yep. It's got a central elevator. It's got its own library. It's insane what they've planned. They've hired this star architect, and then they decided to go to to, to move to uh, move somewhere else out of BC. So, um, yeah, but that uh, that is a that's a prime prime property for somebody who has deep pockets and the, right. and the ability to to go and do it. I think you could do fourplexes, and but it's all conditional. Everything's conditional. The city now, right? Yeah, well, we had um, we had Ravi Callan on. We interviewed him, um, and it sounds like it's 
going everywhere. It's coming. Sounds like All everything is three or four plex to start. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be properties like that that are like, what What do you do with this now? Mm-hmm. Right? Can you put up small apartment buildings? Basically, it sounds like you're going to be able to. You're gonna. It's gonna. I'm. Go that way. I'm actually concerned with that though because I'm a little bit concerned we're going to start look like crazy, you know, Eastern Bloc socialist housing. It's going to be ugly as crap. I think we're going to end up with big Lego block houses everywhere. I think you're going to get some of that, but I also see a, a big architectural renaissance happening downtown. Like I say, that Kingo Kuma or the Butterfly, there's some pretty cool architecture coming out of the ground uh, as well. But the flip side to that is... Yeah, What's the one in Vancouver be. that's like twirling and looks like it's fallen over? Oh, like the, right by the ground. Yeah, Van- Vancouver House. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it's, it's an optical illusion. If you're on the wrong side of that thing, you're like, I don't want to stand on this side. Is of Vancouver building. House uh, Concord? Did no they build idea. that? No, Vancouver's, uh, that's West Bank. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, West Bank, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah, because Concord's doing one in Toronto called Canada House, so I thought they kept the branding all across the country. Mm. Um, okay, I want to change the conversation slightly here. I know we could talk about politics and <laughs> everything that's happening in the housing market, but I want to go to YouTube for a sec, because I think you've done a, a wonderful job at growing fairly quickly a community on YouTube. You put out videos weekly. What's that experience been like for you personally and then on the business side of things? So we have a lot of real estate agents that listen to this as well. Yeah. So I I guess I started making those videos now three or four years ago, uh, kind of as a hobby, just because I'm really passionate about the the business. And and then I found that some calls started to trickle in here and there. And I thought, hey, maybe I can actually build a a business off this. And I do get a lot of my my business from social media and YouTube. doing some stuff on TikTok, but, uh, how's that going? Yeah. It's, you know what you reach, if you want to reach a lot of eyeballs sure, and you want everybody in your neighborhood to know, like to recognize you, that is crazy. You put up a TikTok video and a month later, people will start coming up to say, Hey, I'm watching your videos. Hasn't really translated to business yet though. Yeah. Um, whereas YouTube is more, you know, it's kind of like, if you look at your sales funnel, right. That TikTok would be like way up here, YouTube. And then, um, you know, working from there. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been productive. It's been, uh, I think nobody wants to watch just ads, right? You just, mm-hmm. you just want to educate them, yep. keep them informed on what's going on in the market. And then they'll, you know, when they're ready, uh, if they're like what you have to say, they'll reach out to you. And if they don't, they'll leave, uh, you know, a comment every day for the next, uh, five it's years. Am- it's amazing. The comments, like it's <clears throat> those people never reach out, obviously. Uh, they're only trashing it in the comments, right? And then the amount of calls, I must be probably close to one-to-one, like good clients to terrible trolls. Probably better. Probably mm. better good clients to terrible trolls. But the trolls don't call you. They just leave a comment. Of course not. Actually, I had... Oh, I'm going to leave it off. <laughs> I sent you... I, I, I'll tell you off air. I had an interesting one. I actually had a phone call where the guy was dumb enough to leave me his number. Um for sure was one of those guys, but anyway, we'll take that offline. <laughs> okay. Um, where were you going with this though? With the comments? Oh yeah. How, how do you like the comments? I like the negative comments uh, because in a way it kind of strengthens my resolve. Um, I've developed a thick skin. Uh, I just kind of read them and, and, uh, and just kind of laugh at them. Um, I, I usually don't block them because I find that I get more and more clients that they actually watch my channel to see the comments. The, yeah, yeah, to see the comments. They did. <laughs> they watch the video and then they just spend their time reading through the comments. And and you know, obviously, like these guys that that have built real estate portfolios and they're investors, they're business owners. They're just gonna scroll through and like laugh at these guys, right? Um, so it's kind of it's kind of fun that way. But um, 
Yeah. There is something to be said with that. Sometimes when you see a post that goes viral in any platform, immediately I scroll down and look at the comments. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's something, if it's something like a, a real personal attack or if it's of racist or, or it's, it's, it's usually that's, that's like, yeah, I, I will, I will block those. So, so I always tell people like keep, you know, comments productive, but uh, the silly stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Usually it's the name calling. Yeah, uh, we don't delete comments um, on this channel, though. We we will hide users just because some of the stuff we see is it's not acceptable to be in the comments. It's so it's not. Just, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm actually it's not shocked. that they disagree with us. It's like they're vocally abusing people. So, I, yeah. And like name calling and that sort of thing. It just I just I just noticed that you've done well with uh, I think you do better than I do with just water off a duck's back. Right. I think I take it more personally than it sounds like you do. I, I take I I read them and I'm like, well, why don't you like me? <laughs> like I'm really trying to give you information here. Like you can disagree with me, but don't be so mean. You know, Tom. Every once in a while, will send me a message like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, I think it's about time that user is no longer on your channel." <laughs> and it's not because necessarily they're even. It's just because I'm going back at them. So like hard. Steve's wasting so much time in the day <laughs> responding back. I'm, I hey, it's there, and I know those people are watching. Um, I just think it's funny when. I mean, I, I went through a back and forth with one a, a little while back, and it was just like, "Oh, that's these numbers are the numbers are crashing," and then I just posted the numbers, and they're like, "But not that number, but this number," and then I just went back and posted those numbers, and I'm like, "You're wrong. You can hit them with facts all day; they'll keep coming back with something." But this is why. But this is why it's like, oh, guys. You, you did a video I wanted to bring up, and it was really funny because I knew we were going to interview you, so I went and checked out more on your channel, and you were reading comments that were down <laughs> on the housing market. I thought it was great. It was yeah. funny because. There was a few of those comments. I knew the username yeah, yeah. right away. And I was like, I know that. Oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> it's the same people that jump around all of our there, channels. There's one guy in particular. Um, I, I, I send him, I send Steve some of his commentary and he he sends me back the comments that he gets on his channel. <laughs> and I got that, we got that other realtor, Connor <clears throat> Kelly. He, the same guy's commenting on So we're all just kind of laughing. Like, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems like a bit of a waste of time on their part, but I, yeah, that's the part I don't, I just wish there was some. I mean, it's just cheering for the downfall, right? Or maybe they like our response. They're just trying to wind you up. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably Some that. of them. Probably that. I think three of them are Daryl Frankfurt, if he's listening. <laughs> for sure. Darryl, I haven't heard of that one. No? Oh, can no. you realize oh, no. he, He's good, not, good he's not good a... Good no, no, Daryl's a good guy. Okay. No, he, he does there, a similar podcast. There are also... Um, uh, bloggers though i have i've seen some of them that are appealing to that crowd of those negative yeah. types oh, of people oh my god yeah there's yeah, a couple of them not, not going to name yeah. names but there's a, a few of them in toronto that i can think of that are just like better dwelling i'll they're, say it they're spouting complete but they're garbage. not even they're they're good at clickbait but they yeah. actually have some educated people making mm. no they do Maybe. there's i know exactly what you're talking mm. about where just like we're just going to use this to get views it's going to feed my ego probably does nothing for their business but power to them if it makes them feel good i guess i don't right? think i don't i don't know if they even have a business I don't yeah. know, maybe they're making money on clicks or ad no, they'd have to do way more views like to make real money we see yeah. what the yeah. ad sense is it's not money ad sense is not it's not real money it's gonna get tougher too right with that new law that passed with the canadian content uh oh yeah so now moving forward google and facebook is not putting canadian news articles on their platforms yeah. Did you hear about this yeah um, so is that good for us as content creators I'm in Canada or bad for us? I'm wondering. I think it's going to put those businesses like if you're thinking like, okay, CTV.ca or CBC.ca, 90% of their views, I bet, come from Facebook, right? Who's going to uh, 
whateverNewsChannel.ca to get their information. I think most of those are getting click-throughs on Facebook. So I that's what they wanted true. them. What the federal government wanted them to do is share their revenue from the ads on Facebook to not just when they go to their website. Oh, okay, right. And then Facebook's like, yeah, cool story. My ball. I'm going home. And so are we in a spot where we're that that was supposed to save the media outlets? Is that going to possibly tank the media outlets faster? Or let's go super uh, tinfoil hat. Is that just a perfect way for the current government to shut down a bunch of the news? Because now the news is no your Canadian news. You cannot yeah. find on Google and you can no longer find on Facebook. I think both of those points, I, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest, but uh, I think you, those are both valid points. I think it's just yeah. mismanagement. Because if you go to conspiracy or you go to uh, idiocy, mm. it's you're probably dealing with a moron. You're probably not dealing with a super smart genius, right? I don't think uh, anybody's um, worried that Trudeau's going to take over the world because he's some mastermind. Mm. I think they think he's incompetent at this point. Right. So I know Jay does because he just smiled. <laughs> I stay I stay out of the politics stuff. I know you don't want to go political. I get it. I understand. I just I'm also just not truly not as you're passionate not about it, it. Yeah, as exactly. you guys are. I'm yeah. not. You're not you're not interested and in And frankly, it. whoever's in power, my life's not actually going to change that much. That's that much. Yeah. My argument I'll is do my if I, I don't want to think my whole day thinking about that I don't like the person in power. I want to live my life, man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, But maybe that makes me no, I'm NPC and I'm just and I'm just doing my thing. And but you're probably going to be the happier one as a result. But think about how stupid I am if I'm worried about this. I'm going to I'm going to worry about picking between the guy that's going to take 52% of my income and the guy that's going to take 53% of my income and now I'm mad. Well, if you're I'm that like, mad, they're still taking 52% best case scenario. If you're that mad, leave. Leave Canada. What do you you don't want me? Not to? you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying in general like man, complain. Oh, so I agree. Many complainers. I actually think it's I actually think the housing issue that's happening right now is actually a really good opportunity for the rest of Canada. And how long for these these mass levels of immigration is it going to get to the point that the people that are coming here are going to be like, actually, no, because it's too expensive? I think a lot of people are excited right? to do that. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the ceiling here is, um, but uh, you know, until the numbers start reversing, I mean, rents are still going up, prices are still going up. So unless we see that. Uh, see it in the numbers but where are they going to go like if you're coming from let's say you're coming from china or you're coming from india and you want to come to canada or the states let's let's face it most of them want to go to the states and Canada's easier Canada's, to get into canada says yes us says no so they come here right that's probably what's happening more majority of the time um where else are you gonna what are you gonna do go to sweden are you going to go to the UK? Well, but what about just in Canada? What about because when they're coming to no, Canada, they're going to Vancouver, Toronto. Period. That, so let's start outside of Vancouver, Toronto before we go to another country. Why don't they? Well, obviously it's a weather thing, right? I don't think you're going to. But pick. Toronto's not necessarily like a. <laughs> it's great for five months of the year, yeah. weather wise. It's not for the rest. Well, that yeah. You yeah. guys have the well. I guess it's a little different because your the sun never comes out here except for today. <laughs> the today it's looking <laughs> great. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think we should. Uh, I think we should wrap. I appreciate you coming all the way uh, to the dark side of the bridge. I appreciate that. <laughs> I know it's a long drive for you, but um, um, it was super fun, man. If you are watching this and you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Jay's channel. Uh, just your name, correct? Yep. 
Yeah, just my name. Links and, down below in the description. And uh, quickly, final thoughts about second half of 2023. Oh, yeah. I forgot that part. Hmm. What's going on here? I don't think it's... Personally, I don't think it's going to be the same as the first half. I think it's going to be slower. I think the first half was surprisingly... I think the second half of the year is going to be what I thought the first half of the year was going to be. But that's... Okay. What do you think? Yeah, a lot of people were surprised by the run uh, that we've had. I'm actually one of the few people that I'm, I'm not really surprised. Um, I was talking to Vince Taylor back in uh, Pilot House Realty. This is my pre-sale industry uh, mm -hmm. insider guy. Um, he was saying that things were going to turn around from the, the correction as soon as November. And it actually, he was almost, he was off by a few weeks, but uh, he, he called it, uh, he called it. And I could tell you, like, I was calling hundreds of people in my database. Nobody's picking up the phone. Nobody's looking at homes. Nobody's on mm -hmm. my website. Whenever that happens, I always have that feeling like this, people think the bottom's coming, but we're mm -hmm. probably already there. Um, and all that it takes is like a flip of a light switch um, and things come back. I know there was a lot of people talking about distress selling with the interest rates and and uh, all wave of inventory and that is not materialized not even close inventory is brutal um, starting to pick up again a little bit here but there's just very little um, most of it is a lot of it is overpriced or it's dog shit yeah like there's not a lot of high quality units people are mm -hmm. holding on to those um, I think we're going to continue to be in a in a supply crunch um, but we are getting into that this you know the summer now people are going to be yep. going on vacation and going to the beach so it'll definitely slow down but uh, yeah it's you know short term your guess is kind of as good as mine but i think um i think for the time being we're just going to continue to see um uh prices push higher just again where's the supply you know and anything that's in the pipeline like, we, like we've talked about is crazy money mm -hmm. you know yeah no it's we're starting to see supply come on but it's just getting to respectable levels now. Getting Can back I to tell my? Did, have I said this record? Remember that I was telling you about the what you guys call power of sale. I haven't said that on the recording. Foreclosure. No. Okay. So, um, just since you kind of mentioned that, like how you distress sales and that sort of thing. So there was a foreclosure just a couple blocks from me here, and um, I so I looked it up, and it was private money. You could tell if it's private money because you can see who's foreclosing. Um, so it was private money that they borrowed. Uh, which a lot of people did two years ago or whatnot. And if it's foreclosing now, that means it's probably been nine months to a year in the courts already, right? So what happened is they bought it. Uh, I'm assuming once their one-year private money was up, mm. then they, got, they couldn't renew somewhere else. The private lender wanted their money back. So in May of 2021, they paid... I'm going to get... Hopefully I get these correct. 1625 uh for a detached 2021 okay may of 2021 okay. so so let's call it two years ago just over two years ago and then they brought it on the market at 1.7 uh this time and that property sold at court for 1875 so that's almost i mean it wasn't that far off of peak that time and now we're way past that like i don't think that house would have sold for that much in peak so even though those people were distressed they couldn't get another mortgage somewhere else the private money wanted their money back whatever it was everyone's made whole the new buyer can qualify for that property the the private money gets their money back and the seller even probably walks away with a bunch of cash what month yeah. of the year did that sale happen would be my question was that like very recent yeah like two weeks ago crazy 
Okay. And, and we should point out that's very unusual to be getting private uh, money like that. I mean, usually what, what somebody could do is they could just simply sell it, call the realtor and sell it long before you'd go. It was weird that it process. went. It was weird that it went that long. But I think maybe there's a chance that if they sold it when they originally got called that they wouldn't have made money on it. Yeah, maybe waiting that long actually it made the value. It could have. But we are starting to see there is too much private money floating around here, specifically on detached homes in Surrey. Mm. Uh, there was too much. And it's funny because I think right next door, two doors down maybe, I saw another one come up, private money again. A foreclosure. Foreclosure. Yeah, right next door. But these are, again, these are all, I haven't looked to see what they paid for that one. So right. I want to see if they're, but everybody's being made whole. Like they got foreclosed on. And they got money back at the end of the court hearing. Like, here's the, here's your down payment back. Thank you. Mm. What do you have to do? You had to pay legal fees for the for for the. Well, I mean, I'm sure they also money. had to go through a year and a half of absolute. Oh, I'm sure it was stress, stress and yeah. and none of that emotions. None of that that matters. Any, no, none of it matters. The only thing that matters is you you uh, sell before the market crashes in the YouTube comments. Yeah. Jay, uh, any any final thoughts to wrap this up? On anything? Uh, well, on that note, I wouldn't be going out and taking taking out private money unless it's very oh, unless you're, unless you're buying Bitcoin is what Steve <laughs> always tells me. Very risky, <laughs> very risky. I wouldn't be telling anybody to do that. But yeah, awesome man. Thank you so okay. much. Great to meet you in person. Yeah, Thanks for coming by. If you're uh, watching on YouTube, make sure to like this and uh, subscribe if you have not already. If you're listening on the audio platforms, uh, make sure to leave us a review. Hope you have a great day, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.